All right. Even though we're even though we're supposed to already had our last Dear Davis show and we still got a flip, but everyone's out there. I'm I'm looking at the message and I'm like, I don't think this messenger was correct. Uh, but Dear Davis, the show. Uh, lucky enough to have we've had one of our big brother mentors on, and we definitely want to get the other one on before the departed. Uh, so one and only Lawrence Holmes. You can find him every weekday at noon on 670 The Score. Make sure you check out the Loho uh, Daily Podcast, The House of L. And also he does Bears pre and post, which I, I really want to know how you guys are going to be doing that moving yeah. forward this season. Uh, so Lawrence, uh, definitely happy to have you on and also follow him at Lawrence W. Holmes. How you doing, L? I'm doing all right, man. I, it's, I'm so happy that you bring up like the House of L stuff because we're doing cool stuff with, with House of L and – I've decided that I'm kind of going to step into the breach and, and allow the business aspect of House of L to, to grow. So I built my first podcast on House of L that isn't mine. And so, so Connor and Joe are going to be doing a baseball podcast on House of L twice a week. And so I was actually talking with someone today and they're like, are you paying them? I'm like, yeah, like that's, that's the whole concept of not just well, house of hell is doing really well how you yes, doing brother you're doing all right we're excited checks i that, you know what i did a podcast a few weeks ago a rocky round table and i told my dudes i said listen i want you guys to be on this podcast i'm gonna pay you to be on the podcast because it was a special it's not like a it wasn't like a house of l where it's a quid pro quo where you're on the podcast and you get like, you guys aren't paying me. Like we're just hanging out. Right. Yeah. But I don't think they believe me. And then the checks showed up and they were like, they, I basically got the, the Akeem thing from coming to America. Wait, you got your own money. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like we have checks that say house of L podcast on them. Like they're, they're like actual checks. I'm a company. So, but you but you said you want to do that from the beginning though, right? Yeah, that was the goal, but I felt yeah. like now now is I'm trying to use the idea of in times like this we've seen a lot of people that have become successful like they they've spent during times like this and so that's what I'm trying to do too. I'm trying to expand and connect with people. My biggest concern is that separation of church and state where I like the creative aspect of doing House of L. Like it's allowed me a lot of freedom, but now like I have to literally be a boss mm -hmm. and have to worry about the business side of it. So I'm still navigating some of that stuff and trying to figure out if I have time to kind of do some of the stuff that I want, but so far so good. I haven't Lawrence, the CEO has not gotten in the way of Lawrence, the creative as of yet. So, so that's a good thing. And and we'll see. We'll see if somebody gives me $30 million or something. Hey, of course. How are you going to handle the production as far as now bringing on? You're already with your show. I don't know if you chop it and edit or you have someone else do it. But how are you going to handle the production with uh, Joe and Connor's show? Well, the good thing about that is that they handle most of it. And I initially thought, well, since it's House of L, like I should put my voice on everything. No, they, they have their own. It's going to be uh, independent of me it's just flying under the same flag hmm. as what i'm doing so they're they're putting it all together and then they're sending it my way and so conor mcknight and joe brand like they're they're knocking it down so far so good we're one episode down of course they do uh 
an MLB preview, and then like the next day, everyone in the Marlins has COVID. And I'm like, I'm already, I'm on the phone with Connor, and I said, listen, I know that y'all do a baseball podcast, but just in case, we should have a contingency ready. Like, you guys need to be thinking of ideas of what you're going to do with the podcast if there is no baseball. Yeah, right. Right. So, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. It's been House of L has been successful enough and the production cost is nothing other than my time. So we we have a little bit of money and very little. Like don't be out here trying to tell people like Lawrence is writing checks to the whole yeah, neighborhood. Get get that bread. Hell, man. <laughs> but, but forget forget your buttons. There is a little <laughs> bit of money that can be made. So I'm trying to convince some other people that perhaps they should start a podcast and that I might pay them for that. So we'll see. We'll see if, if, uh, if it comes to fruition and I'm having some really good conversations with advertisers and trying to make it work. You should have Lawrence on the track on everybody's episodes that are down with House of L, just like producers do, basically. You got to have, like, mm. L. Holmes did it. Now, I'm joking, but still. Let, let it be known. The risen, the risen of everything right. behind right. everybody. A, you got it opens up with Lawrence is on the track. But Lawrence, let me ask you this, and I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll pass it over to you. Along in the, in the long view, how are you looking at the House of L? Let's just say five to ten years from now. Like since you're expanding it, um, you're very you're creative, but you're also a smart, wise cat. Um, also, it gives you your own. You have your own. Let alone you work everywhere. You have like twenty jobs in Chicago. But down the road, how how are you envisioning the House of L going? The, the company. Initially, when I launched House of L, one of the reasons that I did it was because I wanted to have a space that no one could take away. That you're looking at the industry and how the industry goes. And you say, well, what happens if that happens to me? Like, what happens if, if I'm somehow shown the door? Now there's a platform that no matter what, whether I'm at the score or not, whether I'm at NBC or not, people will know that they can get content from me at House of L. Like the infrastructure is already there. If I wanted to turn it up to 11 and do a podcast every day, I have a place to put those podcasts. Ideally, um, I'm probably doing something like that along with, at some point I'm going to have to choose. And I'm going to have to choose because I mean, I'm already doing at least one podcast for NBC and I'm doing a podcast for the score along with doing house of L and the radio show and all the TV shows. Mm -hmm. Eventually I'm going to have to choose is my future still going to be in radio. Is that future going to be in television? Cause I'd like for the other parts of my day to be finding talent, fostering talent and doing creative stuff. Like I'll give you a perfect example this week on house of L I'm doing a whole episode on Hamilton. Mm. Nice. So I already ha- I've all it's already done. Like it just needs nice. to be uploaded on Saturday morning. A whole episode on Hamilton and one of my best friends from from the time I was a baby. She's a voice coach at Northwestern and she's put a lot of people like in Hamilton. So her and her husband are both theater people and they like broke it all down for me like what happens in the play? Why why it hits different in 2020 than it did in 2016. It's really, really so like it's stuff like that. Like I want to do 
the, the next big project outside of like a, an interview that I'm going to do, I want to do a pod on Roberto Clemente because he was unapologetically black and unapologetically Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. And for some reason in the distilling of the message in the black and Spanish diaspora, that has been lost because it, it's almost as if people look at, at dark Latinos and they just categorize them as Latinos. I'm like, y'all know this, where the ships went, right? Like they exactly. went to Venezuela yeah. and they, you know, so it's, it's stuff like that that I want to kind of do more stuff with. So to, to get back to your question, ideally the day-to-day operations of House of L five years from now, it's a bigger brand. I have multiple podcasts that are working independently under that umbrella. That would be, that would be the beautiful like goal if everything goes right with it. If nothing goes right with it, it's me still having a place to do whatever I want from a creator standpoint. D and David show on with us right now. Lawrence home, a 670 score, NBC sports, Chicago, giving us some of his time. Uh, Lawrence, uh, obviously I want to get to uh, talk to you about baseball, but as Ken brought up and as we know, uh, you do the pre and pre and post and podcast for the Chicago bears. Uh, the NFL season has not started, but you're starting to see quite a few players want to take a step back. Uh, from now you're playing to cancel out the season. And also, too, you know, what are the Bears going to do in a sense of, of your 9-to-5 with them? Is the season going to go on? I, I, I just really want to get your opinion on what do you think the NFL is going to look like or do you think we want to see the NFL? Now we have no, no, uh, no even uh, preseason games. They're gone. They're going to try. Man, they're, come hell or high water, they're going to try. I think that I've been working on this theory. If I were writing a paper on it, I wouldn't have enough to go on, but it would be a good place to start. I think that they were probably the most damaged by the delay of Major League Baseball. Hmm. At the NFL would have loved if Major League Baseball would have come back on the 4th of July weekend because then they could have been like, okay, so what are the, what are the pitfalls of all of this? Can this work? And now I think that with baseball waiting until the end of July, football is over here like we were getting ready to start camps and y'all have a major outbreak that's already gone on with one of your teams. Now the Phillies, like they paused their schedule right now. And now you have this unevenness where you're going to end up having a team make the playoffs with a higher winning percentage because everyone's not going to have played the, the same amount of games. Mm-hmm. It's stuff like that where if I'm the NFL, I'm like, eh, I don't know if we can pull this off. People thought I was crazy, and I kind of was. It was a little crazy. I did a podcast where I basically did like a sports version of Alex Jones, and I was talking about <laughs> I was talking about conspiracies, and I said, would, would it shock anyone if we found out that the NFL was secretly building a city in like remote Wyoming or North Dakota or someplace like that. And now the more that I, th- I did this in, I don't know, like May or whatever, mm-hmm. the more I think about it, the more it actually would have made sense. Yeah. Yeah. It would have made sense for them to do it. And now they've, they're stuck. They're stuck. They're going to try. I think that they start. I'm not sure that they finish the season. 
unless unless there is some major scientific breakthrough yeah with with covid that would be the only caveat that i'll put on it have you heard from any current players with any kind of uh reservations on starting or have you have you heard from any players like man i ain't worried about that i'm about to go ball most players that i've talked to like football players are you know they're different i know we're just gonna we're gonna do what we do Mm -hmm. i i have heard from some coaches that are like shrug like what how are we supposed to run practice like that's the if i was just to distill it down into one comment that i hear most often it's that and now everyone's trying to figure that out you can do all you want with quarterbacks you can have them throwing routes to wide receivers and running backs but we're not going to know anything until we get to offensive and defensive line play Mm. this is people keep talking about it being a contact sport that is incorrect it is a collision sport And there are collisions happening on multiple fronts on every single play. So coming into contact with other players is going to be a thing. And how do you go about regular? I mean, it's all a risk. Like all of it is a risk. I feel like baseball of the non-bubble sports had the best chance of continuing because it's outside. And honestly, it's kind of a socially distant sport. Not completely, mm-hmm. but it's kind of that. But with the NFL, that is, that is not possible. I, I feel they have to expand rosters. And I don't think they're even close to the roster size that I would feel comfortable with if I were running a team. The fact that they went from 90 to 80, I feel like they need to be closer to 120. You, you need to be able to have almost like a shadow team that that is available in case there is an outbreak in your entire locker room situation. But I think, I think even with that though, you run a risk because it's more people. But you would keep them separate. I would think you would keep them separate. You would definitely keep them separate, but the more people, the higher the risk. So I I mean, the bears are, the bears are doing what I think are some smart stuff. Like their, their meeting room now is the Peyton center, which makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense. Like you can Mm -hmm. get, yeah. All the players in there, there's a lot of space. They can be socially distant. They're changing the way that they do meetings, and it's great. Like, they're doing all of the necessary steps before you have an outbreak. It's just you when don't it happens. You just don't know, and that's, that's the really difficult part. So we've had a couple of meetings on, on the NBC side about what our coverage looks like. Even now, it, it's – it's okay, well, you can come be in the studio this day, and then this person can come be in the studio this day. I, Alex Brown hit me up, and he's like, how are we doing this? I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know. So we'll see. But they had all the time in the world, and now they've run out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Davis, lucky enough to have Lawrence Holmes here with us. Lawrence, let me ask you this, because you brought up – kind of answered my question. Uh, during the press conference yesterday – uh, Matt Nagy and uh, Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace kept alluding to that he thought that they were basically in the future when it came to social distancing and by square footage uh, that they have up at Hollis Hall. And you mentioned uh, the Walter Payton uh, spot. I don't know if it's center or not. I don't want to say it incorrectly. But have you heard that people are really feeling comfortable as far as players when they're, when they're up there as far as it looks like, you know what, the Bears definitely know what they're, they're doing, so I'm, I'm not as afraid or worried as I were before I got uh, back on campus, basically. I think that there is some comfort in what 
every team is trying to do from a safety standpoint. But I mean, baseball players felt that way until Monday. Yeah. Like they, they fell fine until Monday. And now it's, it's just like, you can have all of these great plans. All of us do. And that's the thing that made me mad because the, the bears kept talking about, well, you know, we've got a bubble and no, you don't. If you had a bubble, that would mean the players were living and sleeping there. They're not. They're leaving you, and then they're going home, and then they're doing whatever it is that they're going to do. Hopefully, they're as responsible as most of the Major League Baseball players have been. But even if one or two aren't, you're screwed. So it takes incredible discipline to be able to pull this off. I think that everyone is comforted by what their employers are. And I don't even mean just the NFL. Like, I know that at the radio station, they've, they've put in some safeguards. I still haven't gone back there and done a show yet. There's no need to. Mm-hmm. At the TV station, eventually I'm going to have to go in studio. And I like some of the safeguards that we've put in place. But every place has done that. Every place can, can hold that up and be like, see, we're doing our part. There's no doubt. I don't have any doubt about that. My doubt is in the virus itself. You can do all the things right and still end up with it. it it's just, there's just so much that, that we don't know. And, and we'll see what, what ends up happening. But I, I promise you they're going to try and play. I definitely have another Bears question, but this is a question I've been wanting to ask you for about four to five months. Um, you have Crohn's disease, correct? Am I, I wrong? And I, one thing I want to ask is what I want to ask you as far as the risk with you and the COVID situation, but being a lifelong listener, when did you start talking about it? I mean, I know for the last f- years, I think you've mentioned it, but when did you start to, or have you always talked about it? I've been pretty open with it. I would say at least like, I would say at least the last like five to seven years I've talked about it on the air and I talked about it two weeks ago because I took some time off to have my colonoscopy. So I get a yearly colonoscopy. I got to get one. I, I'm, I'm due for one myself. Okay, good. Um, yeah. you, you get to have – have you ever had one? Yes, I've had one six years ago, so I'm past uh, when I'm supposed to have it. And I did – they did find polyps. But when this happened, I told them, look, I'm going to wait till like, August before I come here because I'm not trying to come to the hospital right now. But okay. I'm due to – yeah. I'm learning, I'm learning something because I haven't had one. So. Right, well, you're way too young to – unless you have any actual problems. That's, yeah, they just checking me out. They were checking – it's because okay. they it was they thought I had a problem, so that's why they they went in there to, to see. And I actually did have polyps. Um, they were the ones that are in the middle, so that's why I got to go back. Yeah, yeah. Like ideally, you're you know my age or a little bit older before you start getting them routinely. But the great thing about that test is it is both a preventative measure and something that can be used to figure out what's going on. Because in your case, Ken. They saw polyps, right? What did they mm-hmm. do? They took, they took them out. out. They took them out. And they took them out, and then they did a biopsy on them, and they came yeah. back clean, and you were good to go. Because I have Crohn's, um, it, it's something that they, they want to check every year because there's a part of my colon that's gone. Like that, it's, I had surgery. I've had two surgeries, one when I was 16 and one when I was 37? Mm. I think that's right. Um, so I've been cut up and put back together a couple of times with this. So they, they just want to stay ahead and things went really well. Like my, my, it was one of the best colonoscopies I've had, 
I've been doing a decent job of taking care of myself, which is good. The, what I think is interesting about it is how many people, my doctor had said something to me about it because I, I talk about it on the air. I, I host the Crohn's Colitis Foundation gala when I can. And he actually said that people started showing up to University of Chicago because I had talked about it on the air about like getting checked. And that, that made me feel really good that people were, were felt comfortable enough with me being vulnerable that they were like, well, maybe I should like this. My stomach's been bothering me or I've been having issues digestively. Maybe I should get myself checked out. Now the fun part of it is, and I don't know if you experienced this, Ken, the go light. No, that's the worst part. Okay, I thought you were being sarcastic. No, so so I would say that they've made some advancements in that area. I would say go with Suprep. Okay. So if, they, if they offer you Suprep, take it. It's two six-ounce bottles. It's pretty – it tastes like cough, cough syrup. You know, you mix it with a little bit of water and ice. You do two doses of it. Ugh. And wow. You're, and you're good. Wow. Like, you're good. Okay. Okay. All right. The good part is, is when you get on the table because they give you the good stuff. Cause, cause I see D like confused. Like, what is he talking about? (laughs) With a, with a colonoscopy, you can't be out. Mm -hmm. They have to be able to move you. I told you this. Yeah. 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 You're watching it on the screen. So you have to be what they call twilight. You have to be in twilight. So they hit you with like my doctor is so funny because I look forward to that. Like that's my that's my dessert. You know, <laughs> after they do all of the cleaning out of your system, all the purging that goes on and you starving yourself because you can't have solid food for like 40 hours. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the meat. Like this is it right here. So you get on the table and they hit you with I I want to say the first dose, at least for me, was Verset. And then the second dose is Demerol. So they hit you with that Verset and you just like, oh man, like it's just because they, they have you on your side, right? So you're on your side and you're looking at the monitors because it's literally like right in front of you what they're getting ready to do. Like they're showing you your insides, but they have all your vital stuff going on. So, you know, regular stuff, like mm-hmm. you see your heartbeat, mm-hmm. it's, it's normal and it's going like this. Then that Verset hit and it'd be like this. Mm. And everything just kind of slows down. Oh, you're grooving in. Okay. And then you're like, man, this feels okay. And you can hear like the machine like starting up and that doesn't bother you. And because <laughs> <laughs> it should bother you, but it doesn't yes. bother you. <laughs> And then, then right before they give you the Demerol, fam. Now, remember, I'm a guy that barely drinks, and I've never mm-hmm. done drugs. Mm-hmm. Fam. <laughs> so, so you only get, like, at least in my case, you only get about 30 seconds of that high. You only get about 30 seconds of, wow, of euphoria. And then the next thing that happens is you're like, Hey, so when are we starting this thing? And they're like, you're in a different room. Hmm. That happened an hour ago. You're in recovery now. Okay. And we're going to give you these Lorna Dunes and apple juice and you're going to go home. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, what? 
that and that's that's how it works, man. Okay. Like it is um it's I understand why people do drugs. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> all right, feeling feeling good. Okay. Yeah. So look, my last Bears question uh, is the Eddie Goldman. Uh, looking at how and you read everything and football teams say make it seem like they're a family. Uh, they say basically we want them to know that you know we care for them. Basically, we'll see you next year. Can that rancor some folks though? Can that strain or fray that relationship? Uh, or is it because when we're in this COVID situation, people are more understand? I think that, that the latter, what you said, is correct. I think if, if it were a contract thing, yeah, players say the right things publicly, but, you know, like, oh, well, why isn't he out there? He's supposed to be trying to help us win a chip. I think with this thing, all of us are in a place of, okay, I mean, what, whatever you want to do is, is fine with me. And football players specifically – offensive and defensive linemen are are in a high risk category because they are technically obese Mm -hmm. not you're not supposed to be 350 pounds walking around out here Mm -hmm. and what what happens to those dudes after they're done playing slim down spice adams yep you know spice has lost like 80 pounds yeah, looks good, man. He slimmed down quickly, I mean, too. That's, it's not natural, and guys feel that, that lack of it being natural when they're done playing. So I think that most people are understanding. I'm curious to see if, if people walk away at the beginning of this, like if they go to their facilities and they're like, you know, I'm going to hit that opt-out button and I'll see y'all later on. Mm-hmm. But – yeah, I think that most people will have respected that he's going to walk. He's important, though. I'll tell you that. He's an important player for the Bears. I don't, I don't think he's very easily replaceable. Mm-mm. All right. Hey, look, uh, some baseball talk. Uh, obviously, obviously, we see the Cubs uh, doing very well right hold, now. Hold on. Hold on hold oh, on. what's up? What's up? Why y'all got me talking about sports today? Because we wanted to, we wanted to say, talk to you. I, you I was going to say, I think right now we should switch into oh, you finish, finish you it? leaving. We got seven we minutes. Yeah. We got our we man can. on here. I, this is I, the goal. No. I just wanted to hear what you got to say about the White Sox. I wanted it to be more of a, a, a personal interview, Lawrence. Let me say that. I, see, this is why y'all breaking up right here. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> this is it right here. The D over here trying to trying to get me in trouble. Like, let's talk about all the stuff that you talk about. No, like, let's talk about you, Wait, mofo. Hey, hey, you, about you walking away from the podcast. Um, like I was saying earlier, I think it's just about that time I've been um, head down, ripping and running. What I've also said, too, I said, I think Ken and I, to the place we have been able to get to, I think we took the most unconventional route. Literally starting... Um, I'm in my parents' house over in Inglewood, decided to just record a podcast in my bedroom. I played it for my now wife, and she was like, oh, I guess so. And then, you know what I'm saying, um, starting to, like, with technology kind of booming and starting to de- develop, me getting my friends, hey, let's put something on the thing called YouTube. Or, you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's try this. Let's try that. Meeting Ken at our nine and fives, and we uh, start to banter and have crazy arguments where people have to tell us, like, hey, y'all, y'all calm down. Y'all know y'all at work, right? Having these discussions about sports. And then me going to one school, that school closing, going to another one, bringing him along with me. We kick ass in school, and that's how everything developed. And it's just been happening since 2005 to 2000 to 2020, obviously. Uh, but at the same time, our families are expanding. 
just a lot of things going on. But I think Ken and I took the most unconventional route. And I think we, am I, I guess I can sound selfish right now. I think we have left a mark here uh, within the city. We've been able to uh, establish a familyhood and a brotherhood through the podcast and we are regalradio.com. So I was like, you know what? I, some odd reason, man, it's just not there no more. And I can't do that to my brother in the sense of, you know what I'm saying, not being able to pull my weight in that sense. So I was like, you know what? I understand it's time for me to go. But look around. Look at everything that we've done. Look at all the people we've met. It's good to go even if, even if I'm not there. So I just had to come to grips with myself, man. I can't fake the funk. And I think, um, that, yeah. I think that is a, a very uh, selfless thing to be able to be like i i love it but i don't love it the same way right and I, and you have time you have to figure out like is this really worth worth me doing so i applaud you for wanting to step away i mean we all know that ken's been waiting on his solo opportunity forever <laughs> tell him i don't know how many times like it's gonna be the kim davis show i'll be yeah. telling him wow <laughs> i'll say something here wow that is so terrible <laughs> No, so listen, Lawrence, listen. So, House uh, of we, K is the man. Yeah, House of K. Lawrence, I'm, let me just tell you real quick. So we're sitting there about to do the last time. Luckily, we got to be on the score one last time. But this is how I found out. So we're going back. All right, so we're going to do this show, whatever. And uh, we're sitting there learning how to do the uh, – to, 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 to how to get onto the score. The Shane is showing us how to use the app and everything like that. So we're having a Zoom meeting. And I look at Dan. I say, what's wrong with you? You look haggard. And he said, life. And I said, okay, right? So I said that night, I said, I got to call him because this is bad. So around six, I called him and I said, dude, what's up? And he's like, man, we'll talk about it after we do the show. So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, so it's over. <laughs> so during the show, I'm, I know it's like, oh, it's a wrap. Because we'll, what else are we going to talk about? Like, what, what is there really to talk about that's bothering you like that that you wouldn't I'm just come out and say? No, exactly. How dare you? You told me you were using protection. Uh, but yeah, so that, that's how that's how it came about. And uh, my first thing. So if we was like, all right, we're going to talk on a Saturday. So that Saturday, I turn my phone on and I, I go because I'm like, let's get this over with. Right. And uh, as long as he said it wasn't anything like that, you know, he loved me. I love oh, him. Man, I, I like love that. him. I literally love him uh, to no ends. And I will continue to, that's the only thing I care about. I want what's best for my brother. Like that's, you care about somebody, you want what's best for you, or you really truly don't care about them. Exactly. I get it, man. And, and now you could go ahead and, and do your Wyclef thing, or uh, are, you, are you the Lauren Hill? Like you could do your Lauren Hill thing. Ooh. Don't you have to be Wyclef? Because I mean, I don't want to be late all the time. I don't want to retire, unretire. I, I, look, I'd rather be the Fugees, but I think I got to be at least Carnival Clef. Yeah, you can do that, or like right. you, know, you can make D Andrew Ridgely, and y'all could be Wham, and you could be George Michael. <laughs> oh, he gets to be George Michael. He, got a, he has a nice wife, though. Andrew Ridgely has a nice. Well, I don't know if they're still married. Uh, he has a starlet or something. I forget who his wife was. I saw something I mean, like he, a decade. He's done. He's done very well for himself. Okay. Yeah, okay. he has. He has. Well, like I said, I wanted to get you on here to just tell you, man, about uh, the impact you had on my life. I remember when you hit me up, I think it was on Facebook Messenger. You was like, you ready for the big leagues? I'm like, what? what is this? What is this? Like, oh, man, I don't think I'm going to be on Loho Guest Week, you know? So, um, man, I, you have been so influential in my life, man. You just, you just don't understand it. I and um, 
man, from interning to you, just to meeting you, man, you allowed me to come inside your home and just kick it with you, brother. Um, I just, we, we had to get you on, man. And just for me to say to you, okay, we can't do it in person, but brother, I love you. Oh, and, I love you guys too. And I love you, man. And I, and I don't think my life will ever be the same. And you have given me so much, uh, even in my time of, you know what I'm saying, we didn't make it to the big time, big time where we wanted to get to. But just this right here, man, I will never forget. And uh, you are truly my big brother, man. You are my mentor. And uh, I'm so glad to be able to call you my friend. And I just mm. want to, I wanted to get you on here, man, just to say that, man. I love you. Man, I appreciate that. That's, that, that sounds exactly the way how I was talking to Scoop Jackson a few weeks ago. Mm. Like, it's exactly the way I feel about him. And I think it's important, especially for black men, to be able to say some of this stuff yeah. out loud. And I'm, I'm working on some ways for all of us to hang out. Like, there, there, there might be a White Sox game out in the backyard. I'm working All right. on it. Hell, me and Tony had white, we had season tickets this year. We can't even do it. So, I mean, we're trying to figure something out. We got to get together. Uh, listen, I, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for being our big brother. Uh, much appreciated. But definitely wanted you to talk to D before everything went up. Yeah. Always listen to you. You know how much I, I appreciate you. D appreciate you. Keep shining, uh, Holmes, and doing your thing. You creatives and listening to you guys' podcast, Grow, has been outstanding.